He will joy over thee with singing. Amen. Amen. The Lord our God is in our midst. And when the presence of the Lord is, there is joy, there, there is peace. He wipes away all the tears. And He saves us. In this ministration that we're going to do, worship the Lord with us. We are not just performing, but we are worshiping because we want the presence of the Lord to come down in our midst and to touch our lives and to transform and to change us. So lift up your hands, close your eyes, and worship the Lord as we also are worshiping. And may the Lord bless us with his presence. Amen.
Hallelujah. All right. Are you ready? Lift up your hand to heaven. Let's worship the Lord.
Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, memory verse today is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And you assume that every Christian knows, but this first service proved to us that many people don't know. Amen. Pastor Davis assumed that everybody knew the verse, but when it came for us to quote the verse, then we were found wanting. So we will learn it. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let's all quote it. 1, 2. Book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1 8. Shall I do another time? One more time. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou shalt all that is therein. For we prosperous. And then have success. What age? Are you okay with it? Or one more time? One more time. Okay, one more time. Let's go. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to what is written on us. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Okay, so let's take it step by step. Okay, first one. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Let's say, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Again, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. The second one, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So let's go with the first two. One, two. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Okay, let's go to the next one. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Again, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. So let's take it from uh, the first one. This book of the law, out of that. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all, all that is written therein. The next one is, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Okay, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Let's, let's say it again. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Okay, so let's... Start from the beginning. Let's go. One, two. Book of the law shall not out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. 
Should we take it off now? Okay, I believe you are very comfortable now. Okay, take it off. Let's go. Joshua 1 8. Very good. Clap for yourself. Clap for you. You've done very well. Amen. Powerful. All right. So, look, the whole Christianity is on this verse. If you want to do well in life, this is the verse. Okay. He says that, look, George was a very busy man, a general. You know, he was, you know, directing activities here and there. He was you know, like the president of Israel at that time, because Moses had died. Moses was the one leading them, and Joshua had taken his place. And as busy as he was, God was giving him the formula for success. And he says that the only way you can succeed and have good success in life is that you have to meditate in the word. And this book, you see, the father, he said that this book, he was pointing to the book. That means that Joshua was holding the book. Joshua had the book in front of him and said, this book of the law, it shall not depart out of thy mouth. Amen. But then thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Hallelujah. You know, one, one time I was, I was, praying and talking to God about my life and I was seeing the scriptures. And then two things, I think I've shared this before, two things stood out for me. And that was that, you know, Joshua 1, 8 and Psalm 1, verse 1. You know, like the Holy Spirit was telling me that you said these two verses. And someone told me, he said, do you realize there's one thing missing? If you consider these two verses, just, um, uh, um, Joshua 1 verse 8 and then Psalm 1 verse 1 all throughout to the end. Psalm 1 verse 1 talks about the fact that if you want to be a blessed person then you don't, you don't walk in the counsel of the godly. Look at verse 2. Verse 2. Okay, so in the end it says that then what you have to do is to meditate in the word. Psalm 1, Psalm 1 says the same thing. Can you go to verse 2? I was asking you to go to verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he does meditate day and day and night. And the Holy Spirit whispered something to me. He said, "Do you realize that one thing is missing that we talk about prominently? How 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 many know that something is missing when it comes to success? The word prayer is not in there. Are you seeing it? When it comes to success." Even the word prayer is not in there. When it comes to success, the Bible is telling you that if you really want to succeed, then meditate in the word. That means that either we don't know what meditation is. That is why we are not succeeding. Are you understanding it? But if we really meditate in the word, we will have good success. Hallelujah. Meditation is, you see, the word meditation is, uh, the, the Hebrew word Hagar, H-A-G-A-H. When you read um, Esther, 
Okay, when Esther went to the king's palace, the man that met him and met her and gave her the secret to the, uh, the success, Esther's success, was her guy. And as I was studying it, I realized that the root word for Haggai is the word Haggai, that is to meditate. So God was telling her that, look, if you want to have success, even in the king's palace, it's meditation. Amen. Meditation is to matter the word. To matter. You see, we have taken meditation to be trans- transcendent, what is it, transcendental, something, something that you sit down and then, and then, then you keep quiet and then uh, you don't say anything, you let, you let your mind be blank. That is not meditation at all. Meditation is actually muttering the word, to matter, to say to yourself the word of God. Do you understand? So if you want uh, um, God to be your, your, your shepherd, to be your supplier, you meditate in that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want... So every day as you are going up, you first learn the verse. You understand? You learn the verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So you chew it, Baba. All right? You learn the verse. And then as you go, as you are going, you, you meditate in it. You matter it to yourself. The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. You meditate in this verse day and night. Do you understand? And I'm telling you, when you meditate on the scriptures, that is when you get revelation. That is when you get illumination about the word. Do you understand? That is what I do. I, I, sometimes, Reverend is preaching. All the preaching, just one word that will stick out for me. And that's the word I will meditate in all the time. Amen. There are messages, messages that I have written. They were born out of what Reverend was saying. One verse or one sentence just brought out a message. And I meditated on it. Amen. Hallelujah. Today, Reverend is not here. He is in South Africa. He is at Give Thyself Holy Conference. Bought his own ticket. The church did not pay for him. The church members did not pay for him. He himself bought his own ticket with his wife and went to South Africa. Amen. Just to be at a conference with Bishop. Hallelujah. I think, I think it's a very good example for us to see how devoted he is to what he does. Amen. And he has sentenced me to preach today. So... So today, we are going to look at the kingly anointing. Amen. The kingly anointing. From the book steps to the anointing. Hallelujah. Now, when we say anointing, what do we mean? What do we mean? Anointing is the act of pouring aromatic oil over a person's head or, the, or entire body. Hallelujah. It was done either for religious or medicinal purposes. Amen. That is why David said that he anointed my head with oil. 
And that is why when you read James, the Bible says that is anyone sick, let him call for the elders of the church and then they will pray for him and they will anoint him with oil. Amen. One of the things that oil did at that time, see at that time they didn't have this advancement in medicine. So they had a lot of, you know, medicinal oil that they would use to rub on people. Amen. So oil at that time also was kind of a medicine. But it also served a, the purpose of setting somebody apart for a specific job or a specific duty or a specific role that the person was supposed to do for God. Amen. So when God wanted somebody to be set apart, to do something important for him, that person had to be anointed. He had to, you know, they bring him and then they pour oil on him. And that thing that they did was a sign to everybody that this person has been set apart for a specific role. Amen. Anointing was not just, you know, we just anoint you, we now anoint you, go back to wherever you came from and go and live your life the way you lived it. Anybody who was anointed had a specific job to do. And that thing that the person was doing was related to God's kingdom, was related to God's work. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? So give me, you know, you know what I'm saying? Give me, you know, you know what I'm saying? Okay, let's go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 16. Give me a feedback, okay? Let me know that you are, you are with me. Are you with me? You got me? All right, 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. Verse 16, it says, And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. You see, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abemeloha, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. So you find that one anointing was not for, for the person to be king. Do you understand? One anointing was for the person to be a prophet. The other anointing was for the person to be a king. So if the one who was anointed to be a king decided to be a prophet, what do you think will happen? There will be confusion. And that person couldn't have been a king because he had been anointed for a specific role. The anointing brings a certain kind of strength, a certain kind of grace for that role that you've been called to do. Amen. Sometimes people make that mistake and think that, you know, maybe let's say you are in a church, and then reverend or bishop gives you a role to play, and then he prays for you. You receive that grace to be able to do what he has told you to do. Amen. But people make the mistake and think that if I leave the church, that same grace will follow me, and then I'll go and also start my church or do my own thing. And you find out that many people have left and have not been able to flow in that grace that they had in the church. Because in the church, you had that grace for that role. Are you seeing it? So if you had that grace to be a prophet, and you decide that because I'm a prophet, I'm going to be a king, you were not anointed 
to be a king. You are anointed to be a prophet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Should I continue? Okay. So, like I said, the anointing is given for a particular um, function and role. And it makes you accomplish incredible things. Say incredible. Incredible. It makes you accomplish incredible things. I want to show you something. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Go to Luke chapter 4. I'm just warming up, okay? Just warming up. Yeah, you will enjoy the message, don't worry. You will enjoy the message. Luke chapter 14. Oh, Luke 4, sorry, Luke 4, Luke 4. Okay, Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 19. To preach the accept, acceptable year of the Lord. And you see, when Jesus was quoting this, he was quoting from Isaiah chapter 61. So that's, why, that's why I want you to notice something. Isaiah 61. So let's go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. The same scripture, you see? So Jesus Christ was quoting a verse. He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Do you notice something? Who notices something? Who notices something here? You know, okay. You see, when Jesus Christ was quoting, when he got to, the, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, he stopped. He stopped. Because the anointing on him was not to proclaim the vengeance of God. Jesus' ministry was not to proclaim the vengeance of God. His ministry was to give grace. To proclaim the good news. Do you understand? God's vengeance is not for today. The Bible says that God is not counting the sins of people against them now. We are not commanded to go and preach vengeance and wrath of God, my brothers and sisters. You see, because sometimes when you listen to some preaching on, the, on, the, on television, sometimes I, I can tell you that it is not biblical. It is not Christian message. Sometimes you hear people saying that, look, if God, <coughs> if, if God does not judge America, if God does not judge America, uh, God has to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, you look like, like something is in their mouth. They have to clear it. It's a wrong message. Because God is not out right now judging people based on their sins. So people are going to hell because they have rejected salvation, Jesus. They have rejected, rejected forgiveness. As for sin, it has been dealt with. 
It is for everyone, nations, everyone to just accept forgiveness. Your forgiveness, the sins that you, look, the sins you are going to commit tomorrow, they have been dealt with. Oh, yeah. You see, when you say this, the people think that, oh, you are preaching that people will go and commit sins. No, no. The Bible says that he will, we are not on the sin or you are not in bondage because you are on the grace. When you understand grace, you won't sin. Amen. When you understand that you are, you are in grace, you will not sin. Grace will never give you the strength to go and sin. But knowing that you are not condemned, that you have, you have been forgiven, gives you the power to work for God. To live, to live for God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is that so the anointing on, comes for a specific role, for a specific purpose. So Jesus Christ had anointing to preach the message of liberty. To the poor, that was the message. And the message to the poor today, it is not giving, putting them on welfare. It is giving them the message of salvation. That is the truth. That is why, you see, when you don't, you don't, you do not follow the plan and the word of God, no matter what you do, by your power, it will not work. That is why you can give trillions and trillions of dollars. If you don't give them the message of salvation, you give them $10,000 a week, it will never work. Because the power, the anointing to change a person's life is in the word of God, it's not in dollars. You won't clap. If you clap, it's okay. Only three people are enjoying the message. You see? Only three people are accept, accepting what I'm saying. All right. Today we're going to talk about 1 Samuel chapter 10, the killing anointing. Amen. And so, we're going to talk about the two greatest examples. Bishop give us, gives us the two examples of the killing anointing. Amen. And the reason why I'm talking about the, um, the clean anointing, Bishop talks about clean, uh, clean anointing, is that God, or let's say Jesus Christ, has made us priests and kings. Amen. We'll be talking about King Saul and King David, mostly King Saul. But, you see, we talk about King Saul and King David because they are examples of how a king should behave. Amen. And the benefits that come from the killing anointing. How many of you saw the, 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 um, the I think I had it. I wanted to give it to them to show. We had, they had a, um, a funeral or something. Um, I think it was last year. They had something, Akwesidai. I said they have something called Akwesidai, where the king of Ashanti, you know, was dancing. And, I mean, you could see when he, he, he dances, uh, it, like the steps of the king, it's a message. When he's dancing, it's a message. He would dance, he would do this, and then say, What is saying that hey, all of you belong to me? <laughs> <laughs> he would dance with that and then do this. Uh, You're all mine. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then when we take the steps, you know, it takes, you know, like kingly steps. We have kingly steps. You know? A king does not dance rough, rough dancing. Amen. A king does not dance as a bunny. 
Rob dances. He doesn't dance like that. If a king danced like that, he would be destroyed. You have to dance majestically. Hallelujah. Because he's a king. And you will find out that everybody is bound to him. And as I look at it, I say, hey, I've not had people bow to me yet. And I'm supposed to be a king. Hallelujah. I am supposed to be a king. But what will let people bow to you is the anointing. Hallelujah. Receive anointing to be a king. Amen. May people bow to you. Amen. This mic is trying. I'm trying to stand here and the, the, the thing is making noise. Oh. Amen. I feel the presence of God in that area. Power. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we'll be looking at Paul, uh, Saul. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Before I go on, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about people being ordained and people being allowed. Okay? Some kings are allowed to be kings. Some things are allowed. I'm coming again. Some kings and some people are ordained. It's not everybody who is ordained. It's not everybody. The fact that the person has become king does not mean that God put him there. But God allows. Do you want me to explain? Saul was not God's choice. He was not. And yet he was anointed to be king. Are you, are you seeing the picture? God, Saul was not God's choice. He was not. When you read, okay, go to um, chapter 8. Go to chapter 8. Go to chapter 8. Okay, go, let's start from verse, verse 4. There, so, verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in their ways. Now make us a king to judge us to, like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have actually rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up, up unto this. You see, so the people came to, to Samuel and said, give us a king like the others. But when you keep on reading, God told them that, look, the king you are looking for is coming to rob you. The king you are looking for, whoa, 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 whoa. can you keep? Can you, I don't know whether you can keep keep going for maybe verse thirty, forty there, and see if you can find the place where God told them about what the king was coming to do. Uh -huh. 
And he will take your daughters to be confessionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. Continue. And he will take your fruits and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tent of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tent of your sheep, hey, and ye shall be his servants. After saying all that, chapter 10, they want to, chapter 10, he goes and says to Samuel, Samuel, go and anoint Saul. You see? He has already said that this is the thing that this man is going to do. But he says that go and anoint him. So, Saul was the people's choice. Because God knew their hearts. The kind of king that they want. That is why he gave them Saul. So you might think that because God anointed Saul, that means that God ordained Saul. No. He did not. Are, are you understanding? But when you go to Acts chapter 10, Acts 10, Verse 38. Acts, no, 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 actually, Acts 13, sorry, Acts 13. 13. 13, 22. Acts 13. 22, verse 22. Quickly, quickly, quickly. And when he had removed him, talking about Saul, Okay, let's go 21 and see if we can put it in context. Okay. And afterward, they desired the king. And God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. You see? When, when he came to, came to Saul, he said that, and God gave them a king. Okay. And, so, and when he had removed him, he raised, he raised up unto him. He, God, Raise up unto him, David. Are you seeing the difference? To be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. That is the difference between the one God has ordained and the one he has allowed. But that does not mean that the one that God has ordained does not make mistakes. Because the one that God ordained even did not do what the one that God did. He did something worse than the one that God had not ordained did. <laughs> the one that God had ordained was he raised up. He slept with somebody's wife and killed the man. The husband. <laughs> but Saul did not even do that. So sometimes when you are condemning, child, be careful. Be careful. Amen. 
I can give you signs that you can use to see if a man is ordained. It's not ordained, but it's not for today. Amen. It's not for today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1, verse, verse 5. Revelation 1. Why, you want it? No, I won't, I won't, give, you, I won't give it to you. I won't give it to you. It's not for today. Another time. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 1. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, has made us what? He has made us what? Tell your neighbor beside you that you are a king. If the woman said that you are a queen, ah, you should know that a woman is not a king. So I said king, you also tell a woman that is a king. She said, tell, tell that she's a queen. Ah, don't do that. You are disgracing me. Now, here, yeah, you, are, you are disgracing me like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor that you are a king. Or you are a queen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know that the actual anointed person is Jesus Christ? So when we talk about anointing, the actual anointed person is Jesus Christ. You see, when you say Christos, Christos, Christ, Christ means the anointed one. You understand? So, you see, all the things that happened in the New Testament, they were all, all pointing to Christ. So when you talk about anointing, when you read the anointing, the things that, the, even the mixture of the oil, you see, the anointing oil. Do you know, anointing oil was made up of a certain mixture. They make certain things to make the anointing. Even that one, that one is a, a message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe if I have more time, I'll show you the meaning of the, the mixture. Amen. All right. So, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost and with what? The power who went about doing good and healing all oppressed of the devil. God anointed Jesus Christ. Amen. When Jesus Christ left, he also anointed us to continue what he, he, he wanted us to do. 1 John 2.20 1 John 2.20 Oh, 220, sorry, 2. 1 John 220. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Unction means anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy Ghost. You have an anointing. Amen. You have an anointing. Selassie, you have an anointing. You are anointed. Amen. Because you see, you first, many people don't realize this about anointing. But you first have to be anointed to be anointed. You see, 
You first have to be anointed. What, what do I mean? God calls you, anoints you. But if you want to be anointed, there are certain sacrifices and things that you do to achieve that kind of anointing. Do you understand? So God calls Saul to be a king. But God was expecting Saul to obey his word. You understand? God was expecting Saul to do certain things to achieve the anointing of a king. And that was where Saul was found wanting. Are you seeing it? So you are first anointed to be anointed. The fact, the fact that you have been anointed to be a pastor does not mean that you can get up and sleep. Anytime you want, you get up, you eat. When there's fasting, you are telling your church members to fast and you are eating omutuo. Omutuo, omutuo, I mean... You are eating, you are eating, you know, you intentionally go to this and tell your wife to make the, 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 the bengkun light. Make it soft. Then when, they, as you saw, that it is a soft food. It's light food because it is, it is soft. No. You cannot be anointed doing that. Amen. You are anointed to be a pastor. You've been called. You see, what Bishop called us, anointed all of us to be pastors. After that, now you have to, you know, seek the anointing to be a pastor. Amen. That is where we have the steps to the anointing. Now you have to sacrifice. Look, when you look at the, the, um, the ingredients of the, of the anointing, okay, uh, okay, I think I'll, I'll just mention, give you a quick one. Go to Exodus. Go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 30. Wow, I'm enjoying the message already. All right. Exodus, go to 23. Exodus 23. I'm also looking for my, for my something. All right. Is it there? Okay. All right. Thou shalt take unto you. Hey, stop misbehaving. My iPad is trying to misbehave. Okay. Did I see Exodus 30? 23 to something. Where? Okay. All right. So read it. Thou take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure mare. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for something. So read it so that I look for my what I want. What do you think we are in Macaranta school? This is not Macaranta. Okay, okay, I found it. Okay. All right. Because I made some notes. You see, I made some notes on this verse. I'm look, I was looking for my notes. 
Am I allowed to read for my notes? Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, so the notes I, I made is what I'm going to read to you. Okay. I believe this oil is an illustration of the anointing that God pours upon our lives. Okay. Me is a necessary ingredient in embalming fluid. It is also used as a purifier. In our work with the Lord, we must be cleansed and purified from our sins. That's what man does. And when God delivers us, we must become dead to those sins. As dead as a body that has been embalmed. So that is why God used man. Okay. So when you read uh, Romans chapter 6, it says that likewise you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. So that is me. Then you have cinnamon. You see cinnamon there? Sweet cinnamon. Cinnamon is a spice used to add a sweet smell to the anointing oil. God not only saves us and allows us to become dead to our old way of living, he also fills us to such a degree that our lives can exude the sweetness of our Savior. Hallelujah. That's why in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2, we say that walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Are you saying it? So that is why he added cinnamon. Then he added cane. Cane or calamus. Okay. Is it there? Okay, calamus. That's the same as cane. Calamus is also used to sweeten the anointing oil. The quality of sweetness is so important to the Lord that he requires us to be doubly sweet. To overflow with the kindness and gentleness and love of Christ. When we become believers, the enemy immediately aims more that at us than he ever did before. We are his enemies now, and since we will be tried beyond normal measure, God wants us to have the character trait of sweetness beyond normal measure. Hallelujah. And, okay, um, what is the other one? Cassia. Cassia or Cassia. Cassia, oh, go back to this so that they will know what I'm talking about. Okay, so that's 30. Okay. Go to 24. We are finished with Calamus or Calamus. Um, Kesia, Kesia, okay, the branches of the Kesia have retained moisture and must be planted in a swampy area near the banks of a river in order to survive. So must we be planted deep in the living water in order to experience the anointing of God. You see, so I'm trying to let you see that even the mixture, you see, in the Old Testament, everything that God did was a message. Everything that God did was a message. He planned everything so much so that even when something is happening, if you go deep into the names, the things that, he, I mean, even the areas, you find out that there's a message there. Hallelujah. There's a message there. All right. So I think it's enough for, 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 for that. I have a deeper message in there, but for time, they are telling me that I have 20 minutes more. So, amen. Okay. So now, the anointing, I'll come to the, uh, the, the kingly, this and what it does, but I'm giving you the, 
the background, preparing you, amen, for you to understand. When we say the anointing, all that anointing is, is the breath of God. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why I want you to understand that, you see, whatever you want to do for God, if you do not have the Holy Spirit leading you, God sees it as a dead work. If you are a Christian, you are doing, even what you are doing for God in the church, it's not something that the Holy Ghost himself has directed. It's a dead work. Everything must be directed by the breath of God. Amen. That is why we all know that in, in, in Genesis, God made man. Okay, man was clay or earth. And the only reason why man was able to get up and do what he did was because God did what? He breathed. And then the man, man became what? A living soul. So it was the breath that he put into man that made him alive. Now we all know that, you know, Satan came in and then we became sinners and all that. So if we want to do anything again for God, that breath has to come again. Do you understand what I'm saying? You need that breath of the Holy Spirit to revitalize or re-what? Re Give me word. Re-energize. Uh-huh. More, more, more. Re-what? Remake. Rejuvenate. Yes, yes, more, more, more. More. I just said, Rina, PhD, do something. Ah, you're sitting down like that. Say something, Auntie Serena, say something. Give me one word. Re-what? Revitalize. Somebody has said already. <laughs> Amen. You need that. I want to give you a very, you see, I want to give you an example of the breath of God. Do you want to hear it? All of us have heard of Sarah and Abraham. I want to show you something that happened. It's a revelation. And you understand something. You see, Sarah was supposed to have a, a, a promised child, but she could never give birth. So God came and said that from now, I'm changing your name from Sarai to Sarah. But you see, there is a secret there that if you get to know, you understand. You see, Sarai in Hebrew so my guy, give me. Let, I'm, show, I'm going to show you. You want, you're going to read Hebrew today, Amen. All right, okay. Sarah is spelled. Give me Shin. You see, this is how Sarah is spelled. But you did it wrong. You know how you did it wrong, because you are reading it from left to right in Hebrew. It reads from right to left. So take Shin starts from right, Resh and Yod. Make it that way. Or it's too late. If it's too late, okay, just flip. Oh, if it, but you understand. Okay, so the Shin should come here first because all ancient languages read from right, uh, right to left. You know that. Okay. Chinese is from right to left. 
Arabic, all Asian languages, proper languages. They read from right to left. <laughs> okay, so this is how Sarai is spelled. When God came in, by the way, Sarai, it means, you want to know, Sarai means, anytime Abraham was calling Sarai, you know what he was calling her? My captain. My, Sarai means Lord. My, it's like my, my Lord, my captain. You know, Sarah, S-A-R, Sar, Sar. It's from Sar that we have Sar, Sar, Russian Sar. You see? Yeah, you know the word Sar, Sar. Sar is from Sar. It's from Sar. You see? So anytime Abraham was calling Sarah, say, oh, yes, Sar. Sarah, Sarah, come so, so Sarah was bossy. She was bossy. That's why she could go to, she, that's why she could go to Abraham and say, hey, I have a, 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 a maid. Enter. Enter, enter inside. <laughs> are, are you seeing it? So when God wanted to change her, you know what God did? God removed Yod. Yod. You see, this Yod is like a hand. When you ask Hebrew, you say that Yod is a hand. Every Hebrew, a Hebrew alphabet has a picture. Okay, and that picture speaks language. It's, it's, and every uh, uh, Hebrew letter also has a figure. So when they are uh, giving you 50, they will give you alphabet. Alphabet is, is also a, a, a number. And then every Hebrew alphabet also has a musical note. It's a wonderful uh, uh, language. Okay? So, what God did was that he, you see, hand, that hand is, I mean, there's so much to learn from this. That, that, the, 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 the numerical value of yod is 10. Okay, 10. 10 in biblical uh, theology means 10 commandments, which means your, your efforts. You see, the law is about your efforts. Okay, so what God did was he removed the yod, you see, and putting hay, the fifth one, you see, so shin, resh, hay. This is a spelling for serah. In Hebrew, the fifth letter, that's hay, it's like the one that mentioned, hay. That's breath. The breath of God. Are you understanding? All that, all that this God did, all that God did was to breathe into Sarah. Breathe the breath of God into Sarah. And that changed everything. Yeah. Hallelujah. That changed everything. The same with Abraham. Abraham was Abraham. Then God added, if I begin to share about Abraham, we won't finish today. It's, it's a lot of nuggets in the word Abraham. And Abraham. But all that God did was to add he became Abraham. Are you seeing it? Abraham. Amen. All right. Shall I continue? All right. All right. So, the, so, so now let me come back to the effects of the kingly anointing. Let's go to First Samuel 10. First Samuel 10. Point number one. The one first effect. After you are anointed, you will recover things you lost. 
I said, after you are anointed, you recover things you lost. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured upon his head. And and kissed him. And said, is this not the, because the Lord has anointed? But go to verse 2. When thou art departed from me to, today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin at Zerzah. And they will say unto thee, the asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father has left the care of the asses and sorrow for you, saying, what shall I do for my son? So the, this, the asses that uh, 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 Saul was going to look for. Oh, man. You know, I have so many things to say. You know, <laughs> you see the difference between Saul and David? One of the things was that Saul lost his father's asses. When you've written about Saul, he had lost his father's asses. When you've written about David, he was there looking after his father's sheep. I don't know whether you are seeing the difference. When you look at, when you are, you are introduced to Saul, he has lost sheep. David was caring for sheep. Wow. It's deep. It's deep. I'm telling you. But it says that the asses that you lost, they've been found. That means that you recover things you, you lost. Amen. May the anointing of the Lord come upon you to recover everything that you've lost. May you receive a double portion of the anointing. Whatever the palmer worm and the cancer worm have eaten, May today be the day that you retrieve and recover everything in the mighty name of Jesus. For because of the anointing, the yoke shall be destroyed. Amen. Amen. It says that... Oh, man. Do you know, do you know uh, 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 Rachel Supraka? You see? Rachel Supraka. You are, you are married to Rachel, so you want to know. Okay. You see, he said that you go to go to Rachel's sepulchre. And when you the thing that, that intrigues me is that the asses were not even at Rachel's sepulchre. Do you realize that? He said when you go to Rachel's sepulchre, that is when you see the men and they will tell you that the asses have been found. So the asses actually were not at Rachel's sepulchre. But at Rachel, you see, Rachel is a favorite woman. Rachel. Rachel's sepulchre means that you are at a favored place. A place of favor. That is, you see, Rachel, Rachel, look, the woman was so favored that Jacob didn't mind working for 14 years for her. And Rachel is so favored that, do you know that all of Jacob's uh, 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 children, eh? minus uh, Rachel's children, are ten. 
Ten stands for the law or commandment. It, it stands for man's efforts. Do you realize that the moment, you see, Leah and the other, listen, they gave birth. They were born in, born in, born in. They were born in for, for Jacob. Ten. The moment Rachel began to have children, they ceased. They ceased. The law ceased. The moment the woman of favor began to give birth, the law effort ceased. Favor came. Amen. Look, God is going to favor you so much that look, it won't be your effort. I have come to understand that look, worth eh? you are, you you gain it all, you don't work for it. We don't work to become rich. Hey, I have come to we don't work to become rich. You you lie. You don't you don't work to anybody who does you are working to become rich is lying to you. Yeah. People <laughs> People have worked for 50, 40 years. Ask them. Somebody works for 10, 5 years and becomes a millionaire. You think it was because of you, you work harder than most of these millionaires. Ah, look. It is favor that makes somebody worth. It is favor. I can take you through the back. Look, when, when Benjamin, when the children of Israel came to Egypt, and Joseph, you know, when they got to a place, Joseph had made them put uh, uh, things, uh, worthy things into their, into their bags. And then when they got in the open, they said, we don't know how we got this. We don't know how we got all these riches. That is the story of the Jews. Just favor. They don't, if you ask them how they become rich, if even you, go, you analyze, you, don't, you can't even understand why they are so rich. You can't understand. If you ask them how he became rich, young boy like that, how he became, the idea of Facebook. Facebook. This book of the law. Shall not depart out of their face, but you shall stay in your face day and night. Facebook. It's from that verse, he said, doesn't know. But because you have to be in your face, you should stay in day and night. Facebook. And you don't know how he became rich. All he knows is that he has become rich. That is the story of the Jews. Because of favor. Favor is not based on your works. Favor is not based on how good you are. Favor is not based on how righteous you are. Not even how holy you are. It is based on God's favor towards you, Keke. That is why sometimes you can see somebody who, is, I mean, the person is not anybody. The, there are more holy people in the church. But you see somebody comes, he just goes there by himself. He, he, she gets the best husband. She gets the best things. The rascals sometimes in the church get the, the best jobs. They have more money. You just don't understand. It's Rachel Sepulchre. Rachel Sepulchre. When you get to Rachel Sepulchre, 
That is where you'll be told that the asses have been found. The things you lost, you'll find them. Amen. Receive double portion to, to restore. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm blessed with this message. Amen. The second, number two. After you are anointed, the anointing will make you go forward and you make progress in life. The anointing will make you go forward and you make progress in life. That is why in everything that you seek, ah, zero. I've not spoken for you. I say, watch your watch. Watch your watch. Your watch is not working right. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> eh? I, watch your watch is not part of the message. <laughs> Number two. It will make you go forward and move, make progress in life. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse. Is it verse three? Let's look at verse three. Verse 3. Oh. 1 Samuel 10, verse 3. First, I mean, 1 Samuel 10, verse 3, talking about 1 Samuel 10. Then shall thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, Another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. Hey, he said, you will go, go back to verse three. I'll come to the salute. But then shall thou go what? Go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and then thou shalt meet these. When I read this thing, I was reading and I started, I started laughing. You know why I started laughing? Because, do you, I don't know why you don't see these things. Look, you read, read. They shall meet the three young men going up to God to better. One carrying three kids. You know kids? Aha. Uh -huh. A baby goat. Without a, a, the, the goat mother. It's just kids. Okay. And another carrying three loaves of bread. And another carrying a bottle of wine. I said, yay. These people, if, if they were walking on the street of Manhattan, people would insult them. Pa. You know why they would insult them? One person is carrying three goats. Another person is only carrying three loaves of bread. All that he's doing is carrying two loaves. Meanwhile, one, one is struggling with three kids. As for that, the other one there, all is carrying a bottle of wine. I said, hey, if these people were in New York, people would insult the past, the, the one with one bottle of wine. One, somebody's carrying three, at least help him with one kid. But no, because these three people, one has to carry the one. Two. You see, there was the one that is doing the sacrifice. There's the one that also takes the, uh, the bread. There's the one that also takes the wine. You cannot mix the sacrifice with the wine. 
You cannot make a sacrifice with communion. Bread and wine, that is communion. You cannot mix it. Sacrifice is sacrifice. Sacrifice is what you do. Communion is what you receive. You receive communion to receive strength. Hallelujah. And so that will take you forward. Then you will go forward. I see you going forward. Hallelujah. You know, we need to go forward. We need to go forward. We don't have to be where we are now. Amen. In a year's time, we need to move forward. In a year's time, we need to double our efforts. Hallelujah. In a year's time, if you are not married, may you be married. In a year's time, if you don't have a job, may you have a job. Because you have to move forward. In a year's time, if you don't have a green card, may you have a green card. Amen. In a year's time, if you are not a citizen of America and you want to be a citizen, may you be a citizen. In a year's time, if you don't have a car, you want to be, you have a car, may God provide a car for you. Because you have to move forward. Life is about going forward. Amen. We don't have to be stagnant. We don't have to be where we are all the time. Amen. We have to move. And the only way we have to move is by the breath of God coming upon us. It's not because, it's not by works of righteousness. But because Jesus did it all. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. I have more points, but they're telling me that my time is off. And we also have to pray after the service. So please don't go out. So I'll finish preaching. You can end the, the message. And have you ended it? Because I'm going to. Have you finished? Have you stopped the, the recording? Have you stopped the recording? Okay. All right.